Welcome to the Precious Stones Women and Girls Ministry Podcast. We're excited you could join us today. Our mission is to awaken women and girls of all nations, religions, and social levels to their value and potential that is concealed by the devil, teaching them to fight for its release through the power and wisdom of Jesus Christ, revealing women and girls of virtue. Hope this podcast is a blessing to you. relationships are sweet and sour others why is this so is this any different for christians or those of faith is there something that can be done to create healthy in-law relationships are healthy in-law relationships even achievable ladies and gentlemen those are our questions today Join us for this panel discussion as we unpack the dynamics of in-law relationships. This discussion is presented to you by the Precious Stones Women and Girls Ministry. The Precious Stones Ministry is a, is a Christian interdenominational ministry that reaches out to women and girls of all walks of life with the message of value and identity. We believe that inside every woman and girl lies a precious stone. However, a lot of times, this precious stone can be concealed or covered by the mud. This mud can present itself as broken relationships. It can present itself as individuals who are insecure inferiority complex and many other ways that we cannot unpack tonight. But today, our focus is on relationships. And as a ministry, it is our desire that the mud that covers healthy relationship is uncovered and the value and strength of healthy relationships is brought to light and it will flourish. As a ministry, we desire that through conversations such as these, women and girls will grow in wisdom and be deliberate in building healthy relationships. This is why he created us as sovereign beings with the power to choose. This is why the greatest commandment is love. First Corinthians 13, verse 13 reads, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. With me today is Raylin Sotutu. Welcome, Ray. Thank you. Also, I've got Mrs. Deliwe Zigori, commonly known as Mama D. Welcome. Thank you. I've also got Mrs. Caroline Maposa, Auntie Carol, welcome. I think she's got her mic muted. And I've also got Mrs. Lucy Nyanga, welcome. Thank you. I've also got Tendai Togara, welcome Tendai. Thank you. And my name is Grace Maswaya Mapier, and I'll be your facilitator for this discussion. 
So let's get straight into this. Um, let's start just by getting to know the panel as a whole. So Ray, can you please tell us about yourself and about your in-law relationships? Thank you. So my name is Ray Satutu. I'm 15 years old. Woohoo! Celebrating my jubilee year. Yep. I have uh, uh, married to Viliame Satutu, who is a Fijian man. And we're coming up 30 years of marriage. And we have the privilege of four gorgeous adult children who are 28, 27, and our twins are 23. Uh, so I am delighted to have a family and I am in relationship with uh, Billy's parents as my in-laws. My father-in-law is full Fijian and my mother-in-law is a Caucasian European woman from New Zealand. I myself am also from New Zealand. And two of my children are married. So I am in relationship with my son-in-law of coming up five years and daughter-in-law of just a few months who my son and daughter and all married in January. So uh, that's the nature of my uh, relationships with, uh, with my uh, family and in-laws at this time. Thank you, Ray. Lovely. Mama D, over to you. Okay, thank you, Grace. Um, I, I think I'll start as, and say I, I'm a daughter. So I was born in a family that uh, had big sisters and I had brothers-in-law because I was married, I, they were married and uh, they were married well before uh, when I was young. So I started those relationships. Um, and then I got married into a family where my husband was the only son. So the, the actually the, the smallest cluster. Uh, so I got married and I had a mother-in-law, father-in-law, and then the family-in-laws, the, the extended family. And then I um, got four, uh, five children. So two of my 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 eldest uh, got married. The the daughter um, she's thirty four and now she got married, but the relationship didn't work. So I had in laws from that side, um, and then my son got married. So they are in a relationship since 2016. That one is moving on. So I've got in-laws from that uh, angle as well. And um, yeah, so I think that's about it. So I've got a lot of in-laws like the hierarchy that I've described and I've got experiences with all of them. Thank you, Mama J. Over to you, Auntie Carol. Yeah, thank you, Grace. Um, I've been a daughter-in-law for the past uh, 30 years. Yeah, and my brother was, yeah, also married early. And um, yeah, I am a sister-in-law. And I am also a mother-in-law. My daughter got married um, five years ago. And uh, it's been interesting that I was a daughter-in-law to, um, um, to a family that was of a different culture and a different language from myself. And uh, my daughter as well finds herself uh, marrying into a completely different uh, culture, American Turkish. And yeah, it's um, interesting dynamic. And I still find myself yeah, thinking, does she feel much of an outsider? 
like I felt when I married into the family I married into, I suppose more about that. So yeah, I've had some experience of being an in-law. Lovely, thank you for that. Over to you, Auntie Lucy. Well, my name is Lucy. Um, I'm the fifth child in a family of eight. Um, four, four elder, two elder brothers and two elder sisters. Three of them are married, so I have sisters and brothers-in-law. Um, then I, I got married uh, into, though we're from the same country, but into a different culture. So I am Debele and I got married into a Shona culture. Um, those relationships with the father-in-law were really complex, but everyone else was okay. Uh, I'll share about the father-in-law later. Um, then that marriage didn't work. So it lasted five years. Then after that, um, I remarried and I've been married 25 years now, uh, 23 years, sorry, 23 years. And we have got two, two a, a daughter and a son. My daughter has been married two years now. My son is in a relationship. He's got a, a daughter. Lovely. Yeah, Thank you, Auntie Lucy. Um, You're welcome. That's quite an uh, interesting and diverse background with the participants. Over to you, uh, Tendai. Thank you. Uh, well, I was a sister-in-law at a very young age, mm -hmm. and I fell in love with my brother-in-law, and I said, when I grow up, I want a man just like you. And funnily enough, I did get married to a man who was so similar to my brother-in-law. So I've been a sister-in-law. I've been a do I am a daughter-in-law for 25 years. My husband and I have been married. And I must say I was blessed because I was a spoiled uh, daughter-in-law. My mother-in-law and my father-in-law have uh, left this earth and gone to glory, but I had an incredible relationship with both my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. So, and I work with couples. I am a relationship coach. So daily, I'm also a marriage celebrant. So I run premarital uh, classes to equip uh, couples on how to handle relationship between the two of them and also the whole family as with in-laws. Lovely, lovely. Thank you for that, thank you. Okay, we'll get uh, straight into our questions. So Ray, I'll start with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. As a mother-in-law, what would you desire in your relationship with your in-laws? What are your goals, relationship goals with your children-in-laws? Mm. With my in-laws, mm -hmm. I um, when I married, I left my country to live in my husband's country. And at that time, there was very little contact between New Zealand and Fiji. Mm -hmm. So as a young 21-year-old woman, I had a great hope that my mother-in-law would want an intimate 
friendship with me that I had enjoyed with my own mother. Um, and uh, she is indeed a loving woman, but not one that pursued my heart. Okay. Um, very respectful, but not one who wanted what I would call a connected, intimate friendship mm -hmm. with me. Um, so I'm very grateful for who she is, mm. but I felt that I didn't have that intimacy I was hoping for. My father-in-law was a statesman, a very well-known man in Fiji of a chiefly line. Mm -hmm. And um, it was quite uh, an education knowing how to engage my father-in-law with respect and honor, mm -hmm. but also with my own thoughts and my own ideas of a different subject matter. So it's been a, a real journey mm -hmm. of the last 30 years, learning to be in a cross-cultural marriage, mm -hmm. one which was far more tribal uh, compared to my own individualistic society formation. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a woman, it was a very different experience mm -hmm. engaging with my in-laws. My mother-in-law had totally taken on the Fijian ways. Yep. I wasn't prepared to give up all of who I was to fit in. Mm -hmm. That lent itself to some interesting and complex engagements. Yeah, I can imagine. But uh, I felt that it was important that I was also authentic as well as respectful. With my children, oh no, that's where I have a little bit more power and influence. Okay. So with my children, I was very motivated to uh, engage in a loving, respectful, mm -hmm. uh, considered, thoughtful relationship with them. I wanted to honor them as adults mm -hmm. with their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own hopes, their own dreams. Mm -hmm. So it was important to me that they knew that I respected them, mm -hmm. that this wasn't just a hierarchy of because I'm older, you are required to respect me. I wanted a mature adult relationship with my children, my adult children, where there was mutual respect, mutual love, mutual consideration, uh, so that has been my goal for, with my children and particularly with my in-laws, mm -hmm. because as any of you will know, our beautiful in-laws can be the gatekeepers to our own children. Mm -hmm. So if they're not enjoying relationship with us, then they may not be enthusiastic to be with us nor supportive of us seeing our own children and our grandchildren. So I was very excited to be someone who would be life-giving mm -hmm. and uh, desirable to be in relationship with. Lovely. Thank you for that insight, right? I'll touch on something a bit later. Andy Carol, so coming from a different background as Ray, do you resonate with the goals? Um, what are the typical mother-in-law goals in your culture? You're muted, Andy Carol. Sorry about that. Yeah, in a way I, I do, yeah. Uh, um, appreciate and share some of those goals uh, in my culture and in yeah most of the African culture respect is of the utmost importance especially in the mother and daughter-in-law relationship or with all your in-laws it's respect is paramount and I think I do share that uh, value and it's a value that yeah I have um thought to share with my daughter, even as she went into her own uh, married life, that yeah, whatever you do, always show respect. The challenge comes in how to show respect because that was also my challenge when I got married to a different culture as mine. 
they spoke a different language from the one I spoke, even though we shared the, um, the we are of the same race. Yeah, the language was different, the culture was different. I came from a home where we were encouraged to be very close, and I suppose I'll also use the word intimate. That's a hope that I had that I would be able to enjoy a loving and intimate relationship with my in-laws, but um, that was not to be. It was not because they didn't like me that much, which was a problem at the beginning. They not wanted uh, their son to marry someone from um, a different culture to theirs, because we were, um, I think they considered my culture to be uh, too easygoing and quite informal, which yeah was frowned upon in the, in the culture. So I was the bright, cheery, uh, smiling, ever, yeah, wow cheerful, jovial at uh, all times. And they were very serious and everything was formal. There was no yelling. Even I remember when I had children, they wouldn't call them out. They would walk to them and just say, can I speak to you, please? It was very different. And I felt like they were cold and reserved towards me. It took me a lot, um, a long time to realize that that was who they were and to respect that. But I find that re respect is a value that can um, go a long way in bridging gaps between um, couches and between in-laws as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, perhaps um, the other thing that, yeah, I, I would want to point out is, yeah, when I went into that culture, I knew from the very beginning that I was going to be an outsider and that held me a lot i knew i would have to work for years and years to end my stripes as a daughter-in-law and so i went in there cautious respectful and also always understanding of the fact that they were different from uh, what i would have expected and that held me a great deal i remember by the time um yeah, my mother-in-law passed away. We were able to have intimate conversations, conversations that she had not been able to have with her daughter. But that was after yeah, a few years of really slogging it and just waiting and praying and yeah, hoping that one day we'd have that relationship. And she learned my language. I didn't do um, much in learning her language. Yeah, it's, I found it quite uh, difficult even up to now, but it paid off. And I am always uh, thankful that, yeah, I was allowed to have that kind of relationship even after long years, but it was quite satisfying. And now I'm able to share with my daughter to say, you also can have a very meaningful relationship with your in-laws. Uh, they are from a different culture. We are Christian and they are, uh, the, her mother-in-law is Muslim, and then um, her father-in-law is uh, Catholic. And I remember her uh, also learning, which was quite disconcerting, that her uh, great, um, no, I'm not sure what to, how to say it. They, it's, uh, her husband still has uh, great-grandma, and great-grandma grew up in America in the South. And when she was a young girl, they actually had um, servants. Yeah, Black American servants. 
And that was the reality of it. And they weren't respected much. And having my daughter in that setup was a bit disconcerting for me. But I had to remind her, look, we go into situations, but it pays to be respectful always and to want to create opportunities to um, show love and appreciation. And it's paid off. They really love and respect her. Even sometimes when uh, the breakdowns do encroach on her person, she might feel from time to time violated because that respect is lost. But because we did emphasize as a family that respect would be the hallmark of our relationship with each other and with everyone else, that has been yeah, some, a value that I have uh, really yeah, seen uh, bear yeah, fruit even with in-laws. Lovely. Thank you for that, Auntie Carol. Um, over to you, Auntie Lucy. And I think I just want to zoom, Auntie Carol has brought up how um, her goal is respect in an in in-law relationship. And I just want to zoom in with your uh, relationships. You said you've got uh, a daughter-in-law. I just want to actually want to know more. What are your goals? What do you desire when you look at your son-in-law, I think? Yeah. What do you desire? What do you want that relationship to look like and be? Auntie Lucy? You're you currently on mute? Mute, sorry. <laughs> we, we, with my son in law, we, we are sort of like a family that is easygoing, like my, my nuclear family now. We are easygoing and very open with each other. So the relationship that we currently have is very open. I, I chat with him, he chats with us, we can have like um, jokes and all. So it's respectful, but at the same time friendly, which is what um, I, 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 I never had with my, with both sets of in-laws. Okay. Uh, when, when I was married, like the previous marriage, um, it was a big family. There were 10 children in the family. And my mother-in-law was quite reserved. But my father-in-law was, um, how shall I put this? He was very handsy. Mm -hmm. So it always made me feel very uncomfortable. Uh, I just always, I, I didn't feel safe around him but it's not something that you can actually be able to share with people because the conversations will become, what did you do for him to do that? Then it becomes sort of like your fault. And I, I remember one time I was walking from work and this was back in Harare and I could hear someone walking behind me it was sort of like in an alleyway I would have to walk through to get to my flat. And I was walking fast, trying to, to just get where I think it will be safe. And I could, when I walked fast, I could hear the person walking fast. And so I just continued without turning. By the time I got to the gate, uh, my father-in-law was behind me and he was like, oh, I just wanted to see how long you were going to walk without turning. I found that very creepy. 
And then when I told my husband, his answer was, what were you wearing? And that didn't go well. We, we ended up arguing because I was like, it's not the fact. What I was wearing is not the point. I just find it funny that your father would walk behind me for almost 500 meters without saying anything. So that was, from that moment, I used to avoid him. If he happened to knock on my door when I was alone, I would never open the door until he goes away. So when I told my, I shared, I shared with my mom and my, my sisters, everyone just laughed. It was sort of like a joke and people were like, oh, you know how he gets, he's always handsy. The other time he was like petting our mom on the back and stuff. So everyone laughed. Then I just felt I couldn't share anything anymore about that. But eventually I got out of that relationship. Then with my second pair of um, in-laws, my father-in-law was just the best. God rest his soul. He passed away. I found him to be more of a father. He was a Christian. And every time he would visit us, he would pray for us. He would pray with us. He was just the father-in-law that I loved with all my heart because I felt I could relate to him. Whereas with my mother-in-law, the relationship is still a bit complex. I respect her, but I just found that she interfered in the marriage a lot. And my husband didn't see what I saw. She would be nice to me when my husband is there, but not when he is there. And my, my husband, I, I thought my husband didn't see that. It was only, I think, until when we moved to Australia that me and my husband were able to, to discuss that. And he just said, I know, but she's my mom. What else am I supposed to say or do? So in all that, what I learned was just to treat others as I would like to be treated, which is what I use with my, um, my son-in-law. My son has got a girlfriend, a partner that she, she, he lives with. And I have said to my son, I don't feel comfortable with that relationship where you are living with someone that you are not married to and that didn't go well with the partner. So that relationship is not really great. I, I, I would love to be close to her and the baby but I feel the ball is in a court. I'm still learning how to deal with that. I think that's all that I have to share for now. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I picked a number of things. Your goal in relationships with your children-in-laws would be friendship, which I think is just a beautiful virtue and goal. Mm -hmm. and, um, and thank you for sharing your experiences as well. Um, yeah, we'll get more in detail about that, but I picked a few things that included that the relationship 
with um, your father-in-law had fear in it. And I wonder, a question would be, if there's fear in a relationship, what, what can, can come out of a base of fear and insecurity? A question to put and pause on the side. So um, Mamadi, I'll go to you. And I'm just, you've had, you know, all of our experiences. Does any of this, do you resonate with any of these experiences? And what would be your goals with um, your in-laws as well? Um, are you talking about uh, my, which level of in-laws maybe would I focus on having listened to all these uh, wonderful stories and experiences? Um. Let, maybe let's zoom in more into what your goals are with your current children-in-law. Okay. Yeah. Um, with that one, actually, um, I've learned from my own life, from my own experiences with my in-laws, mm -hmm. because um, I, I, I was very blessed that when I got married, my mother-in-law was from South Africa, which is a different, totally different uh, country from where I came from. So here, and I wasn't brought up in a very staunch cultural uh, family. So when, when we met, it was like, was I started knowing her when we were just young people just going to visit and so forth. So she fell in love with me because I suppose I was the only person, <laughs> I was the only daughter I know that she had. So we started building a relationship actually well before so for me, um, even when I grew up to be, because I, 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 I learned from God's word as we were being taught then, we were, I mean, we, we were experiencing a lot of teaching. So what I realized was that when I came into this family, yes, I was a daughter-in-law for a while, but um, after a, 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 I mean, after some years, after some experiences, I'm also, a mother in that family. So what I've realized, what I realized with my, my in-laws, they were very close to me, would talk about everything and anything. But my challenge was actually with my sister-in-laws. They were only two, the direct ones. Um, I felt like the relationship, just like uh, someone said here to say, I was coming from a different setup of a family where we, we might not have had much like material things, but our relationships were so tight. So, so we would get into each other's affairs and get into solving each other problems, other's problems just like intertwined. But then when I went into this family, I was doing that to try and build relationship with my sister-in-laws, but maybe things didn't work. I was also young. Uh, maybe I didn't know how to do it best to please them, but until I just realized I have to be myself. And uh, those are the goals that I carry forward. When I um, then started having my own children in law, I realized that understanding that these kids are only individuals. They can't, they can't give me heaven. They can't give me what I want. They can't, we need to respect each other. Of course, as a, as a mom, I would teach. I can also, I don't even feel scared to teach my daughter-in-law. I, I, I can teach her to cook anything. She can come into this house and she wants to learn anything and we just go for it. 
But um, uh, that because that is what I learned from my mom and from my mother-in-law. So, but then I realized that sometimes it's just also giving them that space to be who they are and not expect too much from them, just like the way I would expect from my own daughter. When she's moving around with my daughter-in-law, I can expect the same thing because she might also have not learned some things or have learned some things, give you space to also teach me. So I've realized that this relationship, it's not about, uh, because when God talks about uh, the elder women, I realize that it's not about age. It's about what God has put in someone that he can, even as a young woman, she can actually come and teach me a lot of things. And I've kept that very open, very open. Like um, what didn't work with my son-in-law, like my daughter got married, but it, didn't, it just didn't work. And I could see some pitfalls. I could see certain things in character, in behavior that I may have not really resonated with to say ah maybe things would have gone that way but as a mom I just became a mom and when things didn't work out I could understand that maybe they just didn't they just didn't click it it could have been something I I wish sometimes there is time to talk about certain things with uh, these in-law families but sometimes it just doesn't doesn't happen but what I the goals that I have is um, I look at the mother-in-law that I take as a as a as my own example is Naomi how she was to Ruth. That's my desire with my own daughter-in-law to say if we can uh, because this woman when when her children died and when she was going to move back to her own country she said to the daughters please go back. And she begged them twice to go back, but they, they wouldn't because one of them, of course, it, at first, both of them said they don't want to go back. And then after the second uh, asking, the second, the, one of them left and the other one stayed. So I always ask God to say, if you can make me a mother-in-law who can be like a mom, my daughter-in-law must not miss her mom when I'm there. She must be able to talk to me just like, her mom is there. Of course, she might not be able to talk to me everything like she would talk to her mom, but that's my desire to say, um, let's work together. Let's be open to one another. And also just to say my son is there, I've actually handed him over to her so that they can make a relationship, but he's not God. You know, uh, he's just a man as well. and. I will be there if my own son was to mess up with my daughter-in-law, I'll be the first one to talk, to say this, hey, this is wrong. I shouldn't be able to just fight and say, no, my son is right, because he's a person, unless I, we can talk about things, but I shouldn't be there to say, I just defend my son because he's my son. But I've actually strived to build a relationship that sometimes I talk with my daughter-in-law things that my son don't even know about. We plan things, he gets shocked <laughs> because sometimes we just do what we do because my desire is that I may have a relationship with Heather and with uh, all the daughters-in-law that will come into my life. That will be, we always um, sometimes laugh at my daughters and I say, when we come to this, 
these are now the Mrs. Gores. We are, we are, we are not, we are not from you, from your family. We, we are <laughs> the strangers in this family. So we, we do like things. Just you know, but um, yeah. So my desire is that uh, it may be smooth. It may be relationships that can be worked out. We can talk about things, even when things are not going on well. We should be able to talk and work together and do things together. Thank you so much for that. Um, I could pick that, you know, you really, your heart is after a relationship, which um, is just beautiful. Um, okay, so we've had different experiences from uh, Ray up to Mama D, and we can see, I can see a heart that wants to be known, a heart that, um, you know, wants it to be well with their in-law, but somewhere along the lines, it just doesn't happen. There are different experiences that we've had that have been unpleasant. So uh, Tendai, can you please talk to us and uh, shed some light on what are some of the barriers that really um, hinder healthy in-law relationships that really hinder us achieving our goals, the goals that you know, the ladies have openly shared with us? I think whenever we are entering into any relationship, if we go with preconceived ideas, mm -hmm. we can actually be very disappointed. Uh, I like the word of God, it says wisdom is the principal thing. In all you're getting, get understanding. So a lot of people get married and they have been heard stories about in-laws or you can't trust a mother-in-law, you this. So already your belief system has already been affected by what you hear. So I think one of the most important thing is that you seek to understand anyone before you make any assumption. Because most of our barriers are preconceived and be able to be honest with yourself. Because what I see sometimes, we expect things from other people that we cannot give. Mm -hmm. The number one rule in any relationship is treat other people the way you want to be treated. And also, when people show you who they are, you have to accept that that's who they are. But that does not have to change who you are. You have to now negotiate and see how you can relate with them because you've made a choice. Uh, your, your child has made a choice to marry into this family. You now have to say, wait a minute, this is who they are. This is how they are showing up. This is how I choose now to relate around them for the sake of supporting my daughter. And if it's your in-law, this is now where you go, okay, how do I navigate? And having, I, I love having hot conversation. By hot conversation, I mean honest, open, and transparent conversations. And I understand like uh, Caroline was, Sister Caroline was talking about how uh, she expected it to be hard because culturally uh, it was not acceptable in that time. And she worked through the way to the point then they built the relationship. And every relationship, there's a time and a season where you actually, because you're not familiar with these people, you're coming into their life, they have their own way of doing things. She gave us an example of um, 
how they didn't shout. She came from a place, a family where they are like, yeah, how are you? She had to learn. I like also the word of God that says, be wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. When we are talking about being wise as a serpent, you know, a snake goes into a place and it camouflages. It just is quiet, studying, understanding the environment before you expose who you are. So when you do that, you get to know, okay, when I speak to this one, this is how they speak. So some of the barriers is our own preconceived ideas. And then the other one is not being honest. And the other one is not understanding, seeking to understand and not having those hot conversations. And I understand sister Lucy shared something that um, was beyond her in a first relationship where when it comes to in-law and you're talking about someone's father and some people are very pro uh, protective of their relatives without being honest. There are certain families that have family secrets. They will not let you in. So when you come into that place, you need to be a wise woman now to pray that your husband receives you and, or, and, and receives you truly. Because when a man decides to marry a woman, unfortunately, God said he has to leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. So if there's no cleaving to the wife, that brings issues. That brings issues. If someone is still attached to their family, you've broken the rule to marriage, it's not going to work. If you're still holding on to your mom, you're still holding on to your dad, and you're not cleaving to your wife, that will actually cause problems with the in-laws. Okay. If I get you correctly, so you're talking about cleaving to the wife. So, because mm -hmm. we normally are taught as women that you're going into a family, you need to, mm -hmm. you know, do things their way. But you're also bringing a perspective of the husband also cleaving to the wife. Can you maybe shed a bit more light on that in terms of... Yeah. The challenge with most marriages is that um, every culture has made their own way of how marriage is supposed to be. And if you look at some of the ways that have been made, there are ways that actually could either uh, cause a woman, like you was giving me an example, to feel like she's losing herself in a marriage. But the reality of a true and healthy relationship is actually you gain yourself more because a man, marriage is a business deal because it starts with a proposal. And when somebody brings a proposal, you are supposed to check what are you bringing on the plate? What am I signing into? This is why we have the courtship. That's where you even do your due diligence. You ask, did your parents divorce? What are your parents like in that courtship time? So that when you come to him, you know, because when you're marrying somebody, you're not just marrying him. You're marrying his whole DNA, his pathology. So if he does not know who he is, girl, you're getting yourself into trouble. If you don't know who you are, you're also getting the boy into some trouble. It is very important that the two of you enjoy your singleness, 
And then when you come together, you're full of yourselves. And then you're a big entity that your mother-in-law and your father-in-law are externals of you because it says the two shall live and become one flesh. But most cultures would say the woman is joining. I'm not joining their family. We are creating our own legacy, our own dynasty, and we get to enjoy our mother-in-laws and our father-in-laws, that's the extension of the beauty of this new kingdom we are building. But if a man can't leave his mother and father, ooh, he cannot then make his own decisions. He cannot then uh, build his own empire. He's still trying and being pulled from making decisions. And as a woman, a woman was created to help her men. So she, you're created to be his helpmate. So if there is not an understanding, because marriage was ordained by God and we have to do it by God's word. I love what Sister uh, Deliwa was sharing that she has used the word of God to build her way of doing marriage. And most people, we marry culturally, traditionally, and most culturally and traditionally marriages, they're challenging because traditions are there to control, cultures are there to control, but marriage is not a place of control, it's a place of freedom. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you for Amen. that. <laughs> Any insight, any thoughts, ladies, on, on, on the barriers that, you know, relationships and um, healthy, healthy in-law relationships face? Any, any thoughts? Other thoughts? Yes. Um, like to come in yeah uh, uh, on that yeah um since d shared the story of uh naomi and ruth mm -hmm. yeah I, I love that story but um i would also want us to look at a different perspective i yes when growing up it was also an example of a relationship between in-laws but i have uh, really grown to just say with that relationship, there was nothing to protect. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like um, and Tenja is saying, you, there was no need for cleaving of the men and the woman. These were two women coming together mm -hmm. with a shared experience, experience of grief and loss. And they were uh, able to help each other at the time of their difficulty. So that is a different relationship to the one of an in-law. In-law, there is that relationship that's to be protected between the husband and the wife, and that was no longer there. And there's also the children that come into that relationship that needs also protecting from that uh, relationship. So I always find that, yeah, when we then look at this kind of relationship and say, oh, this is how it should be among in-laws. Are we not neglecting the fact that, yes, if we have to protect a marriage between two people, if we have to uh, protect the family units, won't that open up a whole other dimension? Yeah, as was different between Naomi and, uh, uh, and Ruth. And that's where I, I think sometimes, yeah, wisdom in looking at these things and then applying them into our own experience might come in just handy to
to just say, look, am I not being yeah, seeing, am I seeing the whole picture here or I've just taken an element of it and forgotten everything? Uh, I love that you've you put two things because there's the husband and wife. The husband and wife have got to know each other first because you have to protect each other because I know my family. I know my family, my husband knows my family. So I'm supposed to educate my husband that my people are like this. And he's supposed to educate me about his people. But if the two of us are not honest about my background and he's not honest about, and then you discover when you are in there and then when you go to the one who has brought you to these people and he is now, leaving you in the ends me to say that's that's my mom you can't get in between me and my mom that is heartbreaking and that is not how god intended it to god intended that when we come together we the two of us we the two of us have to be okay because if he respects me and he loves me he will protect me because that is number one call of a husband he will protect me not only from his people, but from everything. That is the call of a husband. God said, protect and with the garden. But then in cultures, there are cultures. I know like where I come from, they'll say, you're getting married, you're going there, go and do what they do. What do they do? I don't even know yet. So it's a, an understanding that we need to know culturally and God's way. And everyone chooses. Some people like it, the cultural world. They lose themselves. They go and do everything. But according to the word of God, the two of you should honor, respect, because if I love him, I will honor and respect his mom. If he loves me, he will honor and respect my mom. And the two of us should then say, look, how are we going to relate with our family? How do you want me to treat your mom? How do I want you to treat my, my in-laws? Because there's an honest, remember, honest, open, and transparent. But not many people start marriages on these foundations. Some of us start without being honest. So later on, you realize, oh, actually, he lied to me. That's where major problems come from. I think uh, we're talking about... Here we go. Yeah. I think I take my principle on boundaries. Uh, when Jesus says, let your yeses be yes mm -hmm. and your noes be no. So I think it's important that we know our, our own mind and that we are willing to listen to understand the mind of others. Uh, but I think it is important that we are able to honestly, respectfully, truthfully, love that, you know, honest, open, transparent, uh, expression of ourselves whilst also being willing to listen to those of others and uh, and negotiate where we can. The importance of negotiating will look different from culture to culture, household to household. Okay, thank you for that, Dre. So the question that Dre is responding to is, um, is there a need for boundaries in an in-law relationship? Yes, definitely. Okay, if so, what are some of the faulty boundaries that have worked for you, or even not even for you, but that you have learned through your different mm. experiences? 
I think that uh, as, as we've already discussed the importance of, uh, of honesty mm-hmm. um, and we are often so afraid of articulating honesty because we think we're going to be rejected or that we're going to be punished. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if there needs to be an, an invitation extended mm-hmm. to be able to say, please, can I bring my honest truth to the table? Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to listen to it? Um, this is what I've done on numerous occasions and on the occasions where I've, I have heard a resounding no from my in-laws, mm-hmm. I brought in the mediator okay. because conversations needed to be had mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to be powered out of my own home. Mm-hmm. So I brought in support Okay, and that was helpful. Okay. Okay. Thank you for sharing that, Ray. Um, on to our next question. And this, this question is for, um, um, under 10 die. So the question is, my husband is of a different tribe or nationality to me. I would love for my children to also learn my native language, but my in-laws do not even want to hear my language spoken in the home. How do I resolve this? Thank you. That's a very interesting question. First and foremost, the children came out of your womb and um, as a mother, you're the first voice they have heard. What language were you speaking to that child? Because your best expression is your own language. Your expression of love is in your own language. So this is your house and your husband's house. How far does your mother-in-law come and tell you what language to speak in your house? From woman to woman's perspective, my question for you is, do you love yourself enough? Because if you love yourself enough, your children have a part of you. They are, they've been connected to you. You've been thinking, speaking, even sighing with your own language. And then when they are born, you allow that. Uh, is, is it just your mother-in-law or your husband? Because between the two of you and your husband, that is, a slang, that is something that you would have spoken about. This is why the courtship time, you need to actually ask each other questions. Hey, we, are, we don't even speak the same language. What are our children going to be talking? How are we going to, to converse in our home? We don't want confusion for our children. So that's a conversation again between the two of you. So then if the two of you have agreed and then the mother-in-law comes and say, why are these children speaking this language? You don't answer that, your husband answers it and says, mom, these children will speak their mother tongue because they spend most of their time with their mom. Mm -hmm. So this is where uh, that question really comes to a place where you guys didn't do your work. This is why you need premarital premarital counseling. You need to go to pre-dating classes and get to know each other before, because if you're going to lose your language to your children, how best are you gonna express yourself with your children as a mother? Thank you for that. Great insights there. over to you, um, Mama Maisko, Mama Dean. Um, your question is, um, if an in-law is, or either a parent or child disagrees with a decision or advice, how do they best communicate this in a life-giving and respectful manner? 
sorry. Oh, uh, just like you know, Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child and thought like a child. But when I become a man, I put away all childish things. So my thoughts are, if now that I'm actually married, being called an in-law, it means I'm actually on my way to growth. So there's no way I'm going to be, uh, be taking advice from babies or anything. I'm actually becoming a man. So it means um, when I come into this family, uh, it, I mean, coming from any angle, it could be my, my own child disagreeing with what I'm saying. It's still okay. But then if you don't verbalize that, if you don't say it openly, it's going to be assumed. I think that's where the communication breaks down. Because if you think of something and you don't express and say it, then it means they, the communication is broken from the word go. So if you don't feel like you agree with something, you, sometimes it's just lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's, okay, I will not argue with you because respect says, I respect myself too much that I can't argue with you. It's not even about that other person. But then if I can express, and if it's a point, it's a bone of contention, some it's an argument, source where mother-in-law or the whole family is arguing, I think just refraining might help. And then if you can revisit through your partner, through your friendships or through certain elders, depending on how the culture is set on how the families are set. But I think being truthful to yourself first is the, is, is the main thing here. Because I think most of these questions would actually be coming from the women themselves. Because usually I don't think it might be a problem when a, 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 um, a husband's family is not agreeing with something. But usually it's the girl child in that, in that relationship who ends up with these questions. So I think just being yourself, understanding that you're actually a mother in that family. You're not going to be a, a daughter-in-law forever. You know, you are, some children are going to be looking up to you. Some families are going to be looking up to you. So stand your grounds and be truthful. Be truthful to yourself first and then to everyone else because truth will always speak. Okay, no, thank you for that. Um, allow me to zoom into the communicating bit because I think this is very important. A lot of struggles are because we fail to communicate. We don't have language. How do we approach um, our parents-in-law when there is a conversation that needs to be done? And Tendai, any insight on the best way to do that? Because I think communication, honest communication, as much as we would desire to, to, have, it, to have it, but how can we do it? Any tools? Um, every communication, when, with any communication, you must actually, let's say, for instance, there's been a conflict, something has been said. I'll give an example. Your mother-in-law comes to your house. It's the first time to come, and then you spend the whole day with her. And then her son shows up at night. You're making dinner, and then she now tells her son, I'm here because I need some help. And then you go to bed in your bedroom. Then your husband tells you, mom is here. She needs help. Mm -hmm. A wise woman will say, okay, when did she tell you that? Okay. When you were cooking. 
And then you say, is that how you want our dynamics of relationship to be that you and your mom have conversations behind my back? Okay. And then if you say, well, that's my mom, we can talk. Then you, you, you hold your back and you say, well, I'm not arguing, I'm asking what's the way forward. We've never had this kind of conversation because in any conversation, if you don't ask the right question and listen to someone's perspective, because sometimes we become defensive because we have not thought through what we are being asked. We feel attacked when somebody is actually seeking understanding. So it is very important to understand that um, when we are communicating with anyone, we listen, we understand where they are coming from, we are honest and we give our opinion like Sister um, Deliwa was saying, that don't say, oh, I'll just do it to respect when deep down in your heart, you are not happy with it. You have to express yourself and say, actually, I think next time if mom comes, you just simply say, let's have this conversation together because I'm not the only one who is working here. I've given you an example. So when we communicate first, respect, honor, but honesty and integrity. Don't, and also even for the in-laws, because I know we have in-laws here, don't give advice and be a hypocrite. Don't advise me to do something that you yourself are not doing. Mm -hmm because that becomes a very bitter taste that, oh, mom says we shouldn't do this, but she goes around and does it. We are all married in this family because now that causes conflict. And also ask questions to seek understanding. Mom, when you say this, what did that mean? Okay. Rather than assuming she did that because I'm a daughter-in-law. No, maybe she, was, she didn't even do it that way. So assumption, remove all assumption, ask questions, get clarity and okay. if they say it's culture then you say this culture is not saving us okay this culture doesn't save us based with where we are at and what we want to do do you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. no i hear you i hear you so as, as young people um marrying in a different dynamics even for us you can hear with the different stories expressing yourself and be honest with yourself. Mm. Honest, open, transparent conversation. And sometimes people may lift up their hands, but as you continue persistently, they will understand that, oh, when you talk to her, and also understanding, uh, communication is not just words, our attitudes. Okay. Because sometimes you say that's fine, but you're rolling your eyes. You've already communicated a different thing. So our facial expressions, our body language, all that in communication will play a part. You may say, okay, mom, I respect you. That doesn't look like I'm respecting you. Mm -hmm. So be mindful of if you are respecting, you're genuinely respecting. If you are listening, you're genuinely listening. You can't say you're listening and you're going, mm. that's not listening. Yeah. So learning the, the communication style as well is important. Okay, no, that's fine. Thank you for that. And whilst I still have you, I might as well pose another scenario and a question in there. So the question is, um, a relationship, or the scenario rather, a relationship where in-laws support the couple financially or work mm -hmm. in the business. 
if they drop a budget for them or suggest how the money to be, is to be spent, is that interference or normal interaction and why? Uh, uh, you, your scenario is, uh, are they working in a family business? It's, it can it, it be either or. It's either the, parent, the, the parents-in-law support this couple financially, mm -hmm. or they are actually employees in a family business setup. So they are okay. dependent on something that the, belongs to the parents-in-law. All right. So when, when you enter into any family business, there should be clear boundaries on financial uh, givings because you working for them, are you a business partner with equal share or are you an employee? Because if I'm an employee, that already changes the dynamic. When I show up to work, we're going to have robust conversation because we are about making business and making money. But that does not give you the right to say, remember, I'm your mother-in-law here. You if your mom-in-law is not doing the right thing for the business, that conversation has to be had to say, business-wise, we are not going to make money. And also, I think it's immature for any couple to allow their in-laws to support them financially. I know sometimes love life is tough and our family members rally around us to support us and there are different dynamics sometimes people marry without preparing and their families actually support them the support that we give whether it's in a business it should be written how much i'm making because we need freedom when it comes to finances sometimes i say when i'm working with couples that are in business together money and blood mixed together sometimes can be very dangerous if people are not pure and sincere. So if you are a couple who's gonna work in a family business, before you commit to that, you must know where you stand. And secondly, if they have helped you, this is one thing I want to say. If a family member has said, we are giving you 500, we are bringing it back in two months, go after it. Don't allow family members to take money and not pay back. Okay. You must, because we then are creating a scenario where along the way we can't help each other because you say, oh, when I give that one, they don't give back. And if they borrow to say, I'm asking and I'm not going to pay back, then that's fine. But if they say they're going to pay back, they should pay back. And if in-laws are helping their children, I totally understand it's good, but there must be a drawing line, a boundary, like um, we were talking about that. We can only help you to this far and you have to stand on your own. Because if we don't do that, we are destroying that family. We are not giving them a good foundation. Because when two people come together, they should have a vision and they should be able to work together and create their own wealth. Oh, thank you for that insight, thank you. Um, Auntie Carol, I'll pause this one, and I think this will be our last question uh, for this segment. Um, so, um, just a minute. Okay, so the question is, when my mother-in-law visits me, she doesn't even assist me with any of the house chores. She doesn't even take her plate to the kitchen or flush the toilet or do anything to help. I genuinely do not mind assisting her, but sometimes I am genuinely tired. 
and need to rest? How can I communicate this without it coming across as laziness or disrespect? Uh, thank you, Grace. Yeah, that question at yeah any level would be a, a most uh, challenging one. But I, I think what I've learned from this discussion with everyone here is that honest and open, yeah, yeah and transparent conversation. We need to have those conversations. As difficult as they may be, they have, we have to have them. And I feel in this particular situation, your mom-in-law might come in with an expectation that you are her daughter-in-law and culturally you do all the work and she has to enjoy yeah, the benefit of having uh, brought a son into the world. And yeah, that would be an expectation from her. But we have to sensitively and respectfully communicate our struggles. My uh, mother-in-law should know how hard I work, the challenges that I face at work. And also the other thing that really uh, comes to mind is um, when we uh, stand in a position where we respect ourselves and respect what we do and respect uh, our family, we offer respect in turn by letting others know where we stand. I believe that absolutely. And by doing that, you are actually honoring and respecting your mom. There is nothing as um, damaging as resentment. And um, it might seem like a diversion, but I just want to put, give you a, um, an, a, a little example. I had a sister-in-law who I adored. And then I then realized that um, she was behind my back saying awful things to my closest cousin and to my friends. She would just say things that my friends couldn't even repeat yeah, to me. And I was so resentful. I just stopped engaging her in any way. We are both born again Christians, Holy Spirit filled, uh, but our relationship was the worst, yeah, every, uh, the, yeah, than I can imagine. I came to Australia and was so grateful that I didn't even have to see her. And I was still a Christian, unforgiving of her. But what then went on to happen is my daughter grew, was growing up, and I could see my sister-in-law in my daughter. And... Uh, in her expressions, even the way she laughed. And do you know what happened? That resentment started rising, but this wasn't my sister-in-law, this was my own daughter because I could see her, the way she walked, she talked, she laughed. And sometimes her thought processes just reminded me of this sister-in-law. You know what I had to do? I had to go back, yeah, learn to forgive had that conversation with her that was honest. And that yeah, saved me from this very, yeah, um, well, for one of another, another word, toxic relationship with my daughter, because that was stealing the joy of having her in my life. As beautiful as she was, my resentment, because I hadn't been honest with my uh, sister-in-law, 
that yeah just stole that joy from me i had to retrace so as hard as it might be yeah it is very important because it will yeah, I always think of that verse where yeah, God is not mocked when He puts people in your um, in into your arena, and yeah, th there is that expectation that you do the right thing. You cannot escape that because they are there for a reason. But being honest and something that I've learned: honest, open, transparent. It will pay in the end. If you look, if I look at my friends, those who let me know what they want, what they need, or what they don't want. I have the best relationship with them. So I think that goes for any relationship. And those that know you for who you are and who you honor enough to let them know how, what you feel and how uh, your expectations of them are, they'll be your best friends. It might take time, but soon and very soon it will pay off. Thank you, Andy. Um, we're really running short of time, so we're going to wrap it now. Um, Andy, um, Lucy, are you still online? If so, can you just give us your closing remarks? Quickly, very brief, five, ten seconds. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that uh, it's important as we are raising our children to have these conversations, um, to, to have all these pre-dating lessons, pre-marital counseling and all that. Because when we have a good foundation, the relationships become stronger. Okay. That's all I have to say. Oh, thank you. Good foundation, relationships become stronger. Thank you for that. Um, Mama Maizigori and Mama D, any closing remarks? I just want to say, Grace, as precious stones, I think um, this has been quite good and um, life giving is our vision at the moment to say as a daughter-in-law, as a mother-in-law, as a grandma-in-law, whatever, how much life am I giving to the, to the relationships that are around me? Because when we look at Titus, it talks about the elder women teaching the younger women to love their children, love their husbands, love to be pure, to do this and that. So it means, um, that love, it has to be love first and then every other relationship comes up. So I think it helps all these clashes, all these misunderstandings that may be coming. And to say that as we are uh, educating our young girls, we are educating them to be people, a person, an entity. So you are not going to be, when you come into a relationship, you're actually adding value to that relationship more than the other way that it has always been. But as for uh, we mother-in-laws, we really want to be loved. We really want to be out there to share relationships with our, with the, be it sons-in-law or daughters-in-law. So let's work together. Okay. Oh, lovely. I, I think I, I'm taking your heart as mothers-in-laws to actually have a relationship. I think it's good for all the young ones there, for all the children-in-law to, actually appreciate that parents actually want a relationship as well. Thank you for that. Um, and Carol, your closing remarks to the question. Yeah, it's very important to yeah, strive to establish um, that respectful and workable and sustainable relationship. God himself is in relationship okay. with himself, 
and then with us. And so there is value in establishing good relationships, no matter the effort we have to put in place, as long as we use the right tools, it, it will be worth it. So I would want to encourage us that whatever uh, situation we find ourselves in, let's look for that uh, wisdom and the boldness to do the right things, put proper boundaries and yeah, have those honest conversations. I'm sure, yeah, we will reap a bountiful harvest, a legacy that our children can yeah, learn from and yeah, take going forward. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Lovely, Andy. Um, my dear friend, Ray, any closing remarks? Mm, I'm reflecting on a scripture with these precious relationships that we're wanting to build into. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of sound mind. And I think that uh, as we take responsibility for ourselves mm -hmm. with the power and the love and the sound mind that God grants us, we will be able to be fruitful and life-giving. But we may need some help. So let's not be afraid to ask for help uh, when we need that support. Lovely. Thank you for that. Mm. Let's not ask for help. Thank you. And last but definitely not least, uh, Andy Tintai, your closing remarks. I think with any relationship in life, uh, we should always look up from God's perspective so that our vertical relationships can function well. Mm. The power of prayer. Mm -hmm. binds and heals relationships, the power of humility and understanding that love, the foundation of love is patient and love is kind. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where you are at. If you take the principle of loving God first and then loving your neighbor as you love yourself, because a lot of people, we want to love our in-laws when we don't love ourselves. If I truly love myself and treat my, my in-laws the way I want to be treated, they will re reciprocate. The law of sowing and reaping, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken down, shall men give unto your bosom. What, whatever you sow, you shall reap. Those laws in any relationship will come back. And it may take a while, but in the long run, you will forget the tears, the pain. Remember, those who sow in tears will reap bountifully. So no matter what relationship you are in, think of how you want to be treated and sow that into people and it will come back to you. Lovely. Thank you for those words. And big thank you to um, everyone who participated in this discussion. Thank you so much for your time. And I, I hope that this discussion has been a blessing to you. Um, Andy Carroll, can you please just close in prayer for us? We thank you, Lord, that uh, we can come together as women and learn of you. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that has been imparted to us. And we pray for a special anointing upon each and every one of us, even, Lord, as we go our separate ways, to continue to impart the wisdom that comes of you. 
And Lord, we pray even for the um, anointing of grace and favor, even as we deal with our in-laws and the wisdom and the boldness that we need to have honest and open conversation. And Lord, the faith and fruitfulness that comes um, from uh, doing things your way. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you chose us and you chose to be in relationship with us. The relationship, Lord, didn't depend on us, but it depended on you. And we want to follow this example, even as your children, to say we have chosen to love. And yes, it depends on us because we have been loved by an unconditional love and we can love others unconditionally. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your saving grace that enables us, Lord, to continue to grow from one degree of glory to the other and to impart lives as we go on our life journey back to you. Thank you, Lord. And we pray that even as this is aired, oh God, to other women, yoke, oh God, that binds, oh God, this relationship and Lord, that strangles these uh, relationships, Lord, might be broken and that life might flow and spring forth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.